with a look back over the weekend sports action. This is Full Time on KCLR with Sinead Kyo. Yes, it is full time with myself, Sinead Kyo. Hope you are all doing well on this Monday evening. As always, lots coming up on the show today. Uh, I'm going to be speaking to Perry Williams later on, talking about Team Ireland's success at the European Championships in Munich. I'm also going to be speaking to a friend of the show, Gary Kyo from the Marble City Boxing Club. We're going to be talking about Anthony Joshua's bizarre, it has to be said, monologue in the wake of his heavyweight defeat to Alexander Yu sick at the weekend. Uh, we'll also be dissecting all of the uh, the action in the Intermediate Hurling League in Kilkenny as well with our very own Adrian Ronnie Ronan. But that's all to come a little bit later on. But first, I am joined on the line now uh, by another very good friend of the show, pro golfer, caddy, three off the tee podcaster, Harry Ewing. Uh, he's on the line now to chat. How are you keeping, Harry? I'm great, Sinead, and you? How are you? Good, good. Not too bad. You're you're flying all over the globe uh, as usual. You landed in Canada there yesterday, I believe. Yeah, just last night. We're here this week for the Canadian Women's Open. It's a huge tournament here in Canada. It's the only professional golf ladies tournament that the Canadians have here. And even for a Monday lunchtime, as it is here now, I'm five hours behind you. There's huge crowds here to watch the practice here on, on day one, I suppose. Look, Brooke Henderson is a leading light on the LPGA Tour. She's a Canadian, so it's it's big for them to have a tournament here. And Brooke only won a major recently, the Evian in France, only a matter of three weeks ago. So she's in top form, and, and a lot of the a lot of the home fans are out in force to see her already as she practices on this Monday. Great stuff. And I know that you were keeping a close eye as well, Harry, on the BMW Championship over the weekend in Delaware. Um, Patrick Cantlay defended his BMW Championship title, but it was it was a hard fought one. Yeah, it was hugely impressive though from Cantley. Like to to go and defend a, a tournament of that stature is is massive. In fairness, uh, people might remember that he won that last year, and then he went on the following week to win the the season-ending Tour Championship, and and with that the FedEx Cup. So we're we're talking about the FedEx Cup is basically these final three end of season tournaments, and and he's already gone and and won that second one. Uh, like I said, defended the BMW. So he's put himself in a right position now as we head into the final one this coming week, that Tour Championship in Atlanta, to go and do what no one has done before, I suppose, to actually win the FedEx Cup in back-to-back years. So, look, very impressive. It was a pretty stellar field there yesterday that Cantlay beat. We have, uh, obviously, the form horse of, of this year, 2022, was Scotty Scheffler, and he was three shots back. Xander Shoffley three shots back, Adam Scott four back, John Ram five back, and Rory played well as well. Rory finished in, in tied eight position, uh, beaten by five shots again by Cantlay. So, look, Cantlay has had a very solid season, Sinead. You know, he has had ten top tens coming into this week, and yes, he had a win earlier in the season, but it was in one of those pairs event where he paired up with his good pal, Xander Shoffley. So, that win comes with a bit of an asterisk, I suppose, because it's not completely individual that team element um, when he won earlier in the year but look he's been beaten in two playoffs already this season like I said he's had a very very consistent season and I think if you look at the week that he just had and the way in which he closed out that tournament with birdies on the 11th and the 14th and the 17th there last night he only won by one in the end but it was very impressive what he did after bogey in the 10th hole which could have given him a little bit of a wobble but his reaction to that 
bogey on 10 was three birdies and the remaining eight holes to, to get the job done. So, look, he's a huge week ahead of him to be in with a chance to become that first time ever golfer to repeat the, the win of the FedEx Championship that he did last year. And, look, he's 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 a, you know, a serious performer. He's won eight times on tour in the last kind of four years. So, He's uh, he's obviously hugely, hugely talented, and I suppose you know he'll be going there with a huge amount of confidence to try and close out the whole FedEx Cup this week in Atlanta. Harry, you mentioned McElroy there uh, finishing best of the Irish in eighth place. Do you think he'll be he'll be pleased with that? Yeah, he probably will. Obviously, look some kind of missed opportunities, I suppose, for Rory over the over the four days. He can look back on it, and, and like when you look back and you think you know five shots over 72 holes of tournament golf isn't a whole lot and, and we know the talent and opportunities that Rory McIlroy gives himself at these tournaments but look you know it's a decent finish again but we all have very high expectations of Rory and we've done that for years now because of how he bounced out on tour you know going back to Scott long, long enough ago as 12, 11, 10 years ago in his early years on tour and he set the bar so high that I think it's probably a little bit unfair of us that every time he tees it up we feel he should win I think to be honest when he's on form he is the best player in the world but he struggled to find I suppose a consistent level of that form and there's no doubt this year as we, as we kind of head towards the end of the golfing season you know majors wise they're all over and now this week is the last of the of the big big tournaments he'll look back on this year as probably a frustrating year but definitely a, a move in the right direction Rory McIlroy is without doubt getting back closer to kind of form that we were used to seeing him you know have when he was winning majors eight nine years ago so look he's still a very young guy still hugely ambitious and I think we saw a kind of a different Rory McIlroy this summer and, and hopefully he continues to bring that the whole way through the winter and, and we roll into next season and I think McIlroy will definitely win more majors as some might argue will he or won't he but I think he will I think there's there's a kind of a second coming or a second part of Rory McIlroy's career to come you know Harry I just wanted to uh, to mention as well uh, Park Harrington I know it was a kind of a different it was a difficult sort of a tournament there for uh, for, for Shane Lowry and for Seamus Power as well but um, on a more positive note for Park Harrington um, he was the winner of the seniors tour in, in the USA yeah, Harrington's unbelievable, Sinead, to be honest. We, we we kinda call that tour, especially for a guy who's just turned fifty. He's a young gun in the over fifties tour and quite frankly, you know, he is filling the wheelie bin as such uh, as regards cash. Harrington now has had an unbelievable start since he's turned fifty on the seniors tour. Look, he's still very competitive on the main tour when he chooses to go and play against the young guys, but there's no doubt he's a star on this over fifties tour and look that's another win for him it's his second win he won that US Seniors Open going back when was that in in late June I suppose that was and, and that was huge for him to win a major on the Seniors Tour but here comes another win last night you know brilliant in, in New York just there last night Harrington turns 51 at the end of this month on the 31st of August but very much still in the prime of his golfing career as regards the seniors like I said he's a, he's a young guy going out there playing against some of these older guys but a brilliant 5 under par 67 final round for that 3 stroke victory if you look at the season that he's had on the seniors he's finished runner up 4 occasions he's won twice he's been third once and that's only an 11 start so 
you know, we're going to see Parry Harrington win a hell of a lot of tournaments on the Seniors Tour. And look, I thought it was brilliant that his family were there with him to witness it and celebrate with him in New York last night. But yeah, Parry Harrington is going to win a hell of a lot on the Seniors Tour. He's as fit as a flea for someone that's age 50 years of age. He's working as hard as he ever has worked. And his hunger and desire to kind of play tournament golf is unmatched, really. And, and he'll mix it a little bit. He'll still perform in the majors against the young guys. But, but when he hops out with these older guys, um, Mountain is going to win a hell of a lot of tournaments. So, look, it's great to see. He's a, a fantastic ambassador for golf, for, for Ireland. And everyone tunes in when Harrington's on the leaderboard because they, they want to see can he close it out and, and see when he gets those crazy eyes growing. But, yeah, he's, he's mm. in great form and, and obviously enjoying himself. Uh, yeah. Easy. Yeah, and he continues to, to to do us proud and to put us on the map. And he's had, like you said, no doubt, a stellar uh, career. Um, listen, that's all I have time for, uh, Harry. But thanks so much for, for joining us on Full Time again. And no doubt we'll be chatting to you again very soon. My pleasure, Sinead. Take care. Thanks, Harry. That was uh, Harry Ewing there. He's a pro golfer, uh, caddy, and also three off the tee podcasters. So do make sure to check out that podcast if you are a fan of golf. I'm going to take a quick ad break now, but coming up after the break, uh, I'm going to be joined by Perry Williams and we're going to be chatting all things athletics. So do stay tuned for that. Full time on KCL or with thanks to the full range of Volkswagen commercial vehicles at La Hards. The Home of Volkswagen in Kilkenny, LaHartsVolkswagen.ie. Full time on KCL or with thanks to the full range of Volkswagen commercial vehicles at LaHarts, the home of Volkswagen in Kilkenny, LaHartsVolkswagen.ie. Welcome back to the show. Now, after a fantastic showing for our Irish athletes at the European Championships over the last two weeks, there's plenty to celebrate where athletics is concerned. And joining me now on the line to talk through all the highlights from Munich is Perry Williams, Kilkenny Athletics PRO. Perry, you're very welcome to the show. Thanks for joining us today on Full Time. How are you doing? I'm doing fine. We've had an exciting week of athletics, so yeah, we're all on a high. Yeah, definitely. And I think like over the last two weeks, um, Perry, everyone has kind of really just kind of sat up and and realised, you know, that athletics really is in a really good place, I think, in Ireland at the moment. Yeah, I think you know, um, Paul McNamara, the High Performance Director, made a report, um, had a report in the Irish Times this morning, and I'm sorry, it was quoted on the Irish Times this morning saying that you know, the break um, from the GEA has kind of helped highlight that, and particularly, I suppose, for, you know, a county like Kilkenny, when there's no GEA on at the moment, um, suddenly, you know, there's such a prolific amount of athletics that people are suddenly realising that actually Ireland is really good. I mean, the performances are up anyhow, but I think it's just more highlighted because the lack of other activity going on. Yeah, um, but there's just like, I suppose when I mentioned there at the start, like there was so many highlights over the last two weeks where the Irish team was concerned. But I think the the biggest standout moment really was Israel and, uh, you know, becoming Ireland's fastest ever man at age 20 and just how he reacted to breaking uh, that, that record as well. Like the, you kind of have a feeling, Perry, that this is really only the start for him. Yeah, and I think, you know, there's just more than Israel. I mean, we had, you know, yes, he's, he's only 20, Radisha, you know, similar age. Um, we've had lots of young athletes um, who participated. But I think um, I think it's probably more that we had 11 people that got top 
um, eight placings. I mean, that's phenomenal. I don't think we've ever achieved such a high calibre of performances across the board. Like, that's 11 people that are ranked in the top, um, you know, uh, eight in Europe, including, of course, Kieran McGeehan got a silver medal and Mark English got a bronze medal. So, you know, that's that's just phenomenal. Um, just with regard to national records, we had three national records that were broken. Israel, as you mentioned earlier, broke the 100-metre record. Risha Adelecki broke the 400-metre record. And then the 4x400-metre relay broke the national record as well. So that's a pretty good achievement. And as well as all the numerous personal bests, I mean, it's Sarah Lavin in the 100-metre 100, 100 hurdles, and she had a PB as well to become fifth. Um, in Europe and um, Ephraim Giddy again another PB to, to um, finish um, fifth in the in the um, 10,000 metres Yeah and I do want to mention um, our Kilkenny representative as well Kleena Manning who was a sub on the women's relay um, great to you know I'm, I'm sure she was disappointed that she didn't feature in the race itself but great to be over there in Munich all the same Yeah I mean the women's relay team um, it's quite special at the moment I suppose we have um, Radisha Andalecki who um, basically she did 49 seconds for her split of the 400 metre relay even though her PB is um, 50.53 which actually this year she broke and um, twice broke another Kilkenny woman's um, national record and that was Joanne Cuddy and that's her long standing record so you know it goes from a Kilkenny person to uh, to Adishi and hopefully um, you know maybe Kleena can come to the forefront again I mean Kleena is a former national champion and she does have a 52.6 PB which was recorded in Belgium in July so she has come on this year um, you know I suppose to put it in perspective you know people like Sophie Becker are running 51.86 Phil Healy is doing 51.5 and Charlene Mosley um, similar time so I suppose for Kleena to improve um, she needs to get a sub 52 and not only that if that relay team actually want to get in the medals they're all going to have to be recording low 51s if not sub 51s and just to that point as well Perry because um, Rob Heffernan made an interesting comment during the week with regard to you know the women's relay team maybe making better use of their subs um, because like they were looking at how you know the team performed in the final finishing sixth and he kind of made the point and I, and I think that Sonia agreed with him as did Darvel O'Rourke as well that maybe they should have saved Rashida for the final and maybe used one of the subs for the semi-final. What do you think yeah, of that? Well, I think it's always a good um, tactic to try and utilise your subs in the preliminary rounds. All you have to do is look at Poland. They were now. I know Poland had the second and third athletes in the in, sorry in the four hundred meter individual, but they actually used the two subs in the preliminary round. Now it was kind of dicey in the sense that they barely qualified. So, you know, you're cutting a fine line there and that's always going to be the danger when you're actually going to use your subs. Of course, then you have the Netherlands who won the four um, by four relay. Femke Ball had, you know, four 400 metres. Two, two of them were flats and two of them were over hurdles. So they um, decided that they weren't going to use her for the um, 400 metre relay preliminary round. And they can afford to do that because they have, you know, four or five girls who are all running 50 seconds. We don't have that luxury. Um, so until so while yes I do agree with Sonia and I do agree with Rob and I think and Dervla but I think the point was also made by the panellists that at the moment 
while people say there's a lot of depth in 400 meter running in Ireland, I think what they mean really is there's an awful lot of girls who are running the 152, but to have real depth, we need to get under that 51, and only then can we be sort of risk-free in utilising one of our subs. So, yeah. Um, that, that would be my slant on it anyhow. Yeah, exactly. Um, and, and that's a, a really good, good point, Perry. Uh, just something else, I suppose, another maybe controversial point that was made, or not even point, but it was actually an open letter that was written by uh, Cahill uh, Dennehy. And I'm not sure if you read this to Sports Minister Jack Chambers. Um, and he is a former cross-country athlete and he's a sports writer as well. But he was complaining about... Uh, how poorly organised our coaching structures are over here just in in terms of how badly they're treated and not being uh, you know not being um, you know financially reimbursed or or like you know he was saying really that they, they should be paid to the levels of other European countries if we are to reach the standard um, of, of other uh, European countries in terms of bringing bringing home gold medals and I just was wondering what what are your thoughts um what your thoughts are, Perry, in in regard to our our coaching structures over here? Well, I suppose the first point to make is we do have a coaching structure. So Athletics Ireland has a number of people that are paid in the organisation for coaching. And following on from that, we have RDOs, which are regional development officers, which are paid positions as well. Now, while they don't per se coach on a regular basis, what their designated job is, is to provide coaching on a regional basis, more from terms of information, um, coaches to coaches, rather than coaches to athletes. Now, of course, many of the RDOs are so helpful that they will come down and they will coach athletes, not on a permanent basis. So there is some structure there. We do have national junior distance coaches. We have national senior distance coaches. We have national senior hurdles coaches and all of, and all of those. What is lacking really, I suppose, is in terms of what is in other countries. For example, the American system, which I lived there for 10 years, it's all paid. Everything is paid. Now, there's a lot of problems in the American system as well. Um, every system has its issues. If you look towards European countries, and the system I'm familiar with is Belgium, only because I have former competitors of my own living there and coaching. Um, coaches are paid in Belgium. So um, if you are a 20-year-old or a 25-year-old and you want a training program and you want to work under a coach at a particular grade, you have to pay maybe 60 euro for that coach. If you start to move up in performance, for example, if you start to run sub two for an 800 or sub four for a 1500, then you're in the ream of paying 200 per month to a coach. That includes your training program and it includes one session per week. And it goes on in the sense that the higher caliber you want to reach, the more you're going to have to pay to a more higher performing coach. So that kind of takes away the volunteerism of coaching for a certain tier of athletes. Now, you still have to look at your juveniles, and your juveniles will be based in, say, countries like Germany and Belgium. They are volunteer coaches at the very grassroots levels. But I think what's needed in Ireland is a better system for 16-year-olds and upwards. Mm-hmm. And particularly, I mean, in Kilkenny, you know, there's an awful lot of rural-based clubs, as there are in Wexford, as there are in Leash, Offaly, Carlow, and these are just the surrounding counties. And I know from my own involvement in coaching that we have a number of athletes in those counties that are actually really good at particular distances or events. 
So one of my thoughts, which I've always, you know, um, put to, to the forefront of any argument, is that why can't we have a structure whereby those athletes will have a place to come to at the weekend? Maybe it's just initially getting together for their long run or, you know, in the case of hurdles for one technical session a week. And we can move along from there. I mean, Rome wasn't built a day, but I think we do need, as Cahill has said, we do need to start putting in a little bit more professionalism in our coaching structures. Now, I think yeah. Cahill was in that report, which I did read, Cahill was really, I suppose, fighting the case for Phylum Kelly in Dublin, who decided to ignore all athletics rules and guidelines um, in terms of he's developed a coaching structure outside of the reams of Athletic Ireland. And that's one that he's not paid for. Mm-hmm. You know, he's not paid by Athletic Ireland. He's not funded by Athletic Ireland. Um, right, and okay. it's the Dublin Track Club. And that is where athletes who are middle distance runners can come together and join in his training sessions from all clubs all over Ireland. Yeah. No, it's a, it's a very interesting conversation. The hope would be, Perry, that, you know, we can build on all of the success that we had in, in the European Championships and um, we can just get the very best out of the talent that we have available to us that we're so lucky to have um, available to us in this country. But listen, it's been a pleasure chatting to you, Perry. Um, no doubt I'll be I'll be talking to you again very soon but thanks for taking the call today no worries thank you very much thanks Perry that's uh, Perry Williams there she's the PRO for Kilkenny Athletics we're going to take a really quick ad break and I'll be back very shortly full time on KCLOR with thanks to the full range of Volkswagen commercial vehicles at Lahards the home of Volkswagen in Kilkenny lahardsvolkswagen.ie Full time on KCLOR. With thanks to the full range of Skoda vehicles at Lahartz, the home of Skoda in Kilkenny, lahartzskoda.ie. Welcome back to Full Time with myself, Sinead Kyo. Now, as I mentioned earlier on when I was introducing the show, I was saying that I caught up earlier on with Adrian Ronnie Ronan, Ronan, our very own uh, KCLR commentator and, of course, former Kilkenny Hurler as well. I was chatting to him just before I came on air all about the action in the Intermediate Hurling League at the weekend and here's what he had to say. Lots of talking points from those games, Adrian, but I'd say probably the Young Ireland's one point win over Thomastown was probably the biggest. This was, I suppose, a game where most observers would have thought Thomastown would take the laurels here but Gordon had a a very good record against Thomastown over the years a very good young team mixed with the the likes of Mikey Carey and Michael Walsh there who have huge experience so again Thomastown were in the driving seat as they often are and uh, looked like they were going to be winners for a long time. Gordon were hanging in there for uh, a lot of the game. And then with 17 minutes gone in the second half, they got a goal that ignited him. Sean Carey got a goal that ignited the fight back. And they went out then in the last uh, 10 or 15 minutes and obviously outshot uh, Thomas to one fight, one fight to no reply and saw out a great victory for Gordon, fabulous victory for Gordon. That's one maybe that they didn't expect. A big learning curve for Thomastown again because, again, they've often been like this over the years, put themselves in a great position and then sometimes get caught and maybe that's an athlete's heel that um, Thomastown have had over the last couple of years. They have, as we all know, they've been the farm team in the last three or four years in intermediate and yet sometimes when the game is there in the melting pot and there to be won, they just get caught. So... Is it a concentration thing or is it a lack of, you know, just a lack of a final drive in the end 
I suppose that's only something that the Thomastown players and managers will know. But look, they're still the farm team. They're still going to be the team to beat. And this might be a huge learning curve and a huge lesson for Thomastown now, maybe to, the, to batten up the hatches. And they do have, as we know, a few players to come back, namely John Joe Farrell. He's obviously a huge loss to the team. He has to come back into the team as well as a few others. But look, they're still the farm team. Great win for Gordon. But um, Thomastown's still the favourites to win intermediate with most of our and uh, like this was their first loss now in the league so how does that impact now how the how the table is looking well in, in the table it just means they're joined I suppose Gordon now have gone up to um, Gordon and Gordon have gone up and done a Megan and joined four points each so um, so it's, it's typical intermediate hurdle into Kenny there's not much between a lot of the teams a lot of teams tend to, to take results off each other and it's very difficult you know to predict uh a team every year in intermediate you know over the last few years teams have that a lot of people would have thought were favourites would have won the intermediate haven't won it to their own struggle to get out but now they're an excellent senior team Greg Ballycannon struggled for two or three years got out with maybe not performing well at senior but Thomastown certainly over the years were a match for any of those um, um, uh, senior teams intermediate teams that won the senior so they have the pedigree they have the players and they have the management to do well and very well if and when they get up but the thing is they have to get up there but intermediate now that makes that group all the play you have Thomas down on four Gordon on four and Dunham on four points so again a lot of interesting games the last two games we played so you know again we talk about club hurling to Kenny relegation is the threat to stay out of relegation in intermediate and senior to stay out of that dreaded intermediate because you only get one chance then in a, in a first round game so that's a priority for a lot of that team so in that group uh, Dunham, Magan, Carrick, Shock, Conaghy, Gordon, almost and all will still have themselves a great chance. You would think now that St. Martins are out of the loop now. But again, if they get two wins behind them, results go in their play, you know, they could get out of relegation. But unlikely, it's still Thomastown, um, I suppose, will be the favourites there. But certainly Gordon, Conaghy, Carrick, Shock and Dunham, Magan fighting for that second spot. Yeah, and I was just looking at some of the other games that are played there at the weekend as well, Ronnie. So O'Loughlin's and Roarnish D, Carrick Shock versus Connie. Like, there was no team that really ran away with any of the matches. Like, there was only one point that separated the teams in both of those uh, those matches that, that I, I referenced there. So really yeah. competitive in, intermediate uh, grade this year. Yeah, but as I said, it's very difficult to predict it. I mean, under Roarnish D, O'Loughlin's, that was a great moral victory for O'Loughlin's. Okay, they got beaten by a point, but to be so close with their second team against the Roar in the sea, who are only just after coming down from senior, the Roar will be a little bit disappointed with that performance. You'd imagine Auckland, I'm sure, will be uh, somewhat happy with the performance. Yet they didn't win again. Uh, you know, again they they've been very close the last couple of the games. Well, Auckland had a great opening win at the very beginning against St. Lactons and narrowly got beaten the last day. Um, against Staines Fort so O'Loughlin's are, second team is very good and very yeah, very close to doing well and won't be a, a pushover for anyone but again in that group Staines Fort are off to a great start they had a great win over Fenians at Johnstown pulled away in the wind and had a nice margin between them they're the farm team obviously they came down from senior two years ago have as we all know the likes of Murphy Paddy Hogan uh, Richie Hogan of course they're the three main drivers with a lot of good young players in Tom, in Dainsford so at this three rounds into the into the intermediate championship it's uh, Dainsford flying it in that grade Moonkind doing very well 
and the roar hanging in there not with huge performances which won't do them any harm but they're they're on five points now at this stage with Dane's Fort Moonkine and the roar certainly picking up that in that group and as we said Thomas Town Gordon Connie uh, and Kerry Schaff and Dunnemagan all you know so it's very even in intermediate Ireland very difficult uh, to pick out a winner in a course over the next few weeks staying injury free and I suppose having a panel that's huge in the split season that we all know of now because um, trying to stay injury free and making sure that you, you, your panel uh, is able to survive is a big thing, I suppose. So over the coming weeks, that's the that's the big thing for most teams, that they can stay, as we said, injury-free, and then maybe, just maybe, uh, get a chance to pull away in September. But huge amount to play for. It's still early days, but September is a crucial month for all the clubs in Kigeni. Yeah, you'd have to take your... I know you mentioned there Carrick Shock as well. You'd have to take your, your hat off to them too, Ronnie. Like, great win there uh, over Conaghy at the weekend. And they were eight points down, I think, with, with 10 minutes to go. You know, before the game, everyone had to give both teams. There was, a, you know, if you were looking at form and base and form, there would have been very little between either team. But um, certainly, with ten minutes to go uh, in Kilmana uh, last uh, Saturday, you'd, you'd say it was Kerry Shock. A lot of people started to leave. You'd say that um, sorry, that Connie were in the driver's uh, seat. She had a lot of wides, and then bang, bang, two goals, and then just momentum went to Kerry Shock. And momentum uh, is a huge thing going into the last ten minutes. And Karen Shock got that, that momentum and got those vital goals. And Connie couldn't get back into the game. The, the, the whistle and the time uh, came against them. So a massive win for Karen Shock on the basis that they didn't look like they were going to win it with, uh, with 10 minutes to go. So that's a huge turnaround for them. Disappointing for Connie. You know, that's two visits to Kilmana and two losses. A good, very good young team, of course, with James Bergen and Tom Thielen both on the senior panel as well Connie, as I said again uh, coming up from junior the last two years have a lot of momentum and a lot of form going with them but they'll be they'll be disappointed but not again have lost it but and again as we said losing it it's just to avoid that relegation and stay out of that battle in relegation because you're down there in that relegation it's so important to pick up the points get out of trouble come in the top four and avoid the bottom two uh, at any grade and where maybe just maybe they'll be looking over their shoulder in the next two weeks and in the coming weeks Ronnie I want to talk to you a little bit about the senior league uh, coming up now some of those matches coming up at the weekend but you did mention the split season I'm just curious to know like what's your assessment of it yeah well it's, it's mixed reaction, I suppose, listening to the vibes, I suppose, being a punter and a, an observer and a coach and a trainer and at, at all levels, I suppose, you know, between Hurland and Camogie. There's a huge demand on pictures, a huge demand on referees, a huge demand on people trying to attend games. And it's so difficult for everyone to get a game in at the weekend. You just want to, uh, you know, if you're involved in the GA, yes, it's brilliant as a supporter to be able to get to as many matches as you can. But if you're involved with a team, it's so difficult because you could play at the same time. Your club could be playing at, and, uh, at another level underage or they could be playing Camogie. So to get to all the matches, it's so difficult. There's so much crammed into the club season. And if you look at it, it's, it's crammed in in Kilkenny circles. It's crammed in now to August and September. It's really crammed in to two months. And then your final are in October so that club player he's yeah he's getting games he's getting summer hurling and he's getting to play games but he's getting to play week in week out he's getting uh, no time to recover he's possibly not enjoying the summer like he'd normally enjoy I know he's a club player but it is I'm, I, I've mixed views on it personally myself I think there's an awful lot being crammed in as I said to those two months August and September and yeah the elite then will come to the end the finalists in October we'll have the county finals in October at all grades that's just left to a handful of teams but that club player really only gets two months of hard hurling the county player yeah he's back with his club the county players are back with the club 
they're the vibes we're getting from the county players that they are enjoying it, the inter-county players that they're able to give back to their club but I'm in the group and in the uh, I'm with the group that loved the old way the old way was the, the, the system where you played your club games um, maybe had three games before a championship in Kilkenny hurling circles you know, you had two games in May, maybe one in June. Then you, you got a break. Uh, the players got a break and came back, maybe played a game in July or August. And then they had two more rounds. It gave the club player more time to enjoy his hurling. Because he's, uh, he's training since um, last maybe February or March for these two months. You know, and it's just... I, I have mixed views. Uh, it's a debate. I'd say that a lot of people would have mixed views on. But in my in my humble estimation, I'm not sure. It is. Um, I don't enjoy it. I certainly think there's too much demands and there's too much happening at the one time. Um, at this stage, I'd rather the old way. That was uh, Adrian Ronnie Ronan there with uh, sharing some of his views there on the split season, but also chatting to me about all of the action in the Intermediate Hurling League over the weekend and lots of games coming up now next weekend in the Senior Hurling League in Kilkenny as well. So lots of matches there to look forward to. I'm going to take a quick ad break now, but coming up after the break, I am going to be speaking uh, to a good friend of the show, Gary Kyo, about all things boxing and uh, what's happening down in the Marble City Boxing Club as well so do stay tuned for that Full time on KCLOR with thanks to the range of Skoda vehicles at La Hearts, the home of Skoda in Kilkenny lahartskoda.ie Full time on KCLOR with thanks to the full range of Skoda vehicles at La Hearts, the home of Skoda in Kilkenny lahartskoda.ie Welcome back to the show. Uh, now I'm joined on the line by uh, not Harry, uh, Gary. I had Harry on earlier. Uh, Gary Kyo from Marble City Boxing Club to talk about Alexander Usyk's um, great win at the weekend over uh, Anthony Joshua. But it was unfortunately Anthony Joshua who seemed to steal all of the headlines. Um, I'm not sure what you made of that uh, of, the, of that kind of monologue there uh, at the end of, of that fight, Gary. Yeah, look, it was a bizarre state of leash, Ned. Um, I hadn't seen a boxer react like that now before, but I suppose, look, it just shows the emotion that caught up in the fight. Um, it was, Look, it definitely stole the headlines from Alexander Usyk and his performance, but, uh, yeah, baffling, to say the least. Why do you think there was so much emotion uh, kind of tied up in the fight? Like, do you think that it was because maybe uh, Anthony Joshua is feeling now that he is possibly on the periphery of the, the division's elite? Yeah, I suppose, look, there's there's probably a couple of insults. Um You know, look, it's a mega fight. It's it's, it's far undisputed belts there. Um, so it's a, it's a huge fight. Um, it's a rematch. Um, he ended up losing the rematch, which was um, probably hit home directly after the fight that his options are limited now you know after losing a fight such a, a mega fight like itself um, your options become very limited very quickly um, you can go from top of the world um, right down to the very bottom of the ladder um, in the space of 36 minutes and I think that kind of realisation it definitely hit um, Anthony Joshua he kind of realised after the 12 rounds that uh, when that decision was called out that he's now firmly well down the pecking order Um and it, it's all about Tyson Fury now and Alexander Usyk. That's what I was going to say to you. Are we going to see that fight? I reckon we will. I, I, I think we will. Look, it's like everything, money money talks and uh, I think there's no doubt about it but uh, that fight will happen. 
Yeah, and I, I did see Tyson Fury coming out uh, after that fight, and he had plenty to say on on the um, on the performance of of both uh, both fighters, and yeah, he wasn't very complimentary of them. So it was looking like he was he was dying to get back into the ring, but uh, I don't think anyone ever really believed him when he said he was going to be um, hanging up the gloves for good. No, no. Look, I, I think. Tyson has always been an entertainer. Um, he has the gift of the gab. Uh, there's no doubt about it. He uh, he's able to get these big fights by uh, by using his mouth. He's well able to talk. He's well able to enthrall people, get people interested in fights. And he's already began the process of building up that mega fight between himself and Alexander Usyk. Um, it yeah. would be for all the belts, so it'd be an undisputed bout. Um, so that'd be huge in itself. Um, the money that would be generated would be substantial. So I think there's no doubt about it. it, it it's the only fight that makes sense now at, at this point in time they're the two standout boxers in the heavyweight division mm-hmm. um, two absolute technicians of the sport um, and it's it's an intriguing one you know it's, it's going to come down to whether Alexander Usyk has the tools um, you know to to take down Tyson Fury um, personally I don't think he does and it comes down to just maybe that stature that size of Tyson Fury he's just he's a big man yeah, look, Anthony Joshua is a, is a is a monstrosity. He's six foot six, eighteen and a half stone. Tyson Fury's bigger again. He's six foot ten. He's he's nineteen and a half, twenty stone. You know, it's it's you're going up another level again. And I don't think Usyk is only six foot three. So that size advantage in itself, you know, he, he's going to be under a severe disadvantage there. Um, so it'll be interesting to see. Yeah, just to just to finish off then, Gary, to bring things kind of back to local again, Marble City Boxing Club on Friday night. You had your registration night. How did that go? Yeah, look, it was very, very good, Sinead. Um We had big, big interest there on Friday night. Um, I suppose, look, it's like everything. The hurling football, everything is still taking place at the moment, but the interest was huge. Um, the club is nearly completely full. Um, and there tonight, we've started back training tonight and we've had another number of uh, registrations. Um, so I'd say there's only very very few places if any left at this stage uh, so look it's great to see we have more females in the club that have registered for this season which is fantastic definitely a knock on effect from Kelly Harrington winning uh, Olympic gold there in Tokyo and no doubt Katie Taylor as well all her accolades to date so look it's it's great it's onwards and upwards for the club and we're really looking forward to getting started for the 22-23 season and yeah. hoping to bring a whole load of kids uh to national finals and bring them ab- abroad to different box cups yeah and it's great to see like you were saying there you know the, the accolades of, of, of Kelly Harrington and all of those female um, boxers that have, have done us proud on a, on an international scale it's great to see that's paying dividends now and we're having you know people from all backgrounds and different genders uh, male, female it doesn't matter com- coming along and um, and giving boxing a go which is great to see but listen um, Gary great talking to you always and uh, we'll be we'll be we'll have you on the show again very soon I've no doubt so uh, look look after yourself and I'll talk to you again soon Brilliant thanks again for having us Sinead Thanks Gary uh, that was uh, Gary Kyo there from Marble City Boxing Club that's just about all we have time for tonight uh, Own Kerry is up next for Fully Loaded I'll be back here same time same place for full time so do join me back here next week keep me company um, and tune into everything that's happening in the sporting world Full time on KCLOR. With thanks to the full range of Skoda vehicles at La Hearts, the home of Skoda in Kilkenny, lahartskoda.ie.